Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lur, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina Sea Seafood, and Wallowa County Chamber of Commerce, and the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's happening this week with your host, John Cruz. I hope the past week has been a good one for you. If you're looking for something to do this weekend and you live in central or eastern Washington, I've got just the ticket for you. Head on over to the Quincy Lakes Wildlife Area between Quincy and George and participate in the Quincy Valley Chamber of Commerce's annual Trout Derby. It's happening this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. And this year, you can fish for trout at both Burke and Quincy Lakes. That's a new twist. They've got $3,700 worth of prizes to give away to winners, and you're invited to head on down with your trout rod and enter the derby. Costs 35 bucks to do so for adults. Kids are free, and once you do, you'll get a chance to not only catch some trout, but also maybe to win some of these prizes or even a trophy. This week on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, Travis Hall, writing for Field and Stream, is in Montana following bills that are working their way through the state legislature in Helena, which are not very angler or hunter-friendly, especially if you are a non-resident elk hunter. Travis will be joining us to share exactly what's going on and the status of these various bills in just a few minutes. Sticking with Montana, we'll also get to chat with Captain Colin Nolan today. He's the owner of Shamrock Fishing based in northwest Montana. He would be happy to take you fly fishing for trout on the Clark Fork River, but he offers a lot more than that, and it's something I'm very intrigued about. That would be the chance to fish for both largemouth and smallmouth bass, along with northern pike on several Montana rivers. This sounds like all sorts of fun to me. Bob Loomis joins us for another extended Max Minute with a suggestion about what to use right now when the waters are cold around the Northwest if you want to get some walleye into the boat. And Cindy Carpenter, the co-founder of Youth Outdoors Unlimited, will join us too. This is a fantastic organization that takes kids suffering from some serious physical disabilities or illnesses out for all expense paid hunting trips. They have done some great work here in the Pacific Northwest and they have a fundraising banquet coming up soon in Spokane. And if you live in that area and want to help, you are definitely invited to attend. And then there's hunting in Northeast Oregon we need to talk about. For several years now, we've had Sean Steen from Wallawa County on the air to tell you about the summer pack trips he offers into the Eagle Cap Wilderness, along with the horseback hunting trips he offers near the Snake and Imnaha Rivers, as well as the Wallawa Whitman National Forest. Well, Sean and his wife Shelly, they are hanging up their spurs. They have sold their outfitting operations to Jacob Spar and his wife. The new name of the company is Sour Apple Outfitters. We'll ask Jacob about the meaning behind that name and also tell you about the hunts he offers for spring black bear as well as for fall deer and elk where he'll pack you in, drop you off, or, or even set up your tent and gear. And then come back to pick you up at a prearranged time to haul out that gear and hopefully your buck, bull, or black bear too. Throw in our Sportsman's Warehouse trivia question of the week, along with some interesting information about Copper River sockeye salmon, courtesy of Cena Wheeler at Cena Sea Seafood. And once again, we've got a full hour of the outdoors coming your way. So let's get it started right now. Avid big game hunter Bill Agler got lucky this year. 
He drew three tags, Montana, Wyoming for mule deer, and Idaho for moose. We start things off in Montana, where Bill hooks up with an outfitter that he has known for several years. David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. I have hunted with a guy out there for actually several years now. The area that he hunts is out of Big Sandy, about 15,000 acres of private property. We had a little bad luck with the weather because that's real muddy country. In this case, we were hunting out of a pickup. This is what they call a trophy hunt. So I was looking for something pretty exciting. On the third day of the hunt, we were driving along and there's a group of deer about 500 yards away. Two nice bucks in that group. I can't shoot 500 yards away. The next thing I know, we're hopping into that pickup and we're going around the other side of the mountain and we just kind of sit there. And all of a sudden, here comes this big group of deer that the guide said he thought they were coming that way. Turns out they were. At about 280 yards away, here is this big four by four mule deer with exceptionally large eye guards. So I took careful aim, one shot, and he was down. Had a nice trophy buck there. After that was just fine. We found the buck, we got it skinned out, got it caped out, and the antlers are now at the taxidermist. I'm gonna mount the antlers. Speaking of antlers, anybody know about a cactus buck? That's in another episode when Bill heads out for Wyoming. When Pythium threatens your cereal crops and your yield potential, the best offense is a good defense. Protect against yield-robbing Pythium damage with Viantis, a fungicide seed treatment with the most powerful mode of action against even the most resistant Pythium strains. For stands that deliver, trust Viantis from Syngenta. Always read and follow label instructions. When you're a rancher, you learn to listen to the land. It's a silent partnership. Invest wisely. It'll pay off for the long haul. Rejuva herbicide can restore your rangeland with up to four years of cheatgrass control. That means greener pastures with three and a half times the perennial grass production. Your land is calling for improved grazing capacity and a stronger bottom line. Answer at rejuva.com. Always read and follow label instructions. Rejuva is a trademark owned by Environmental Science, USLLC, or one of its affiliates. Not all products are registered in all states. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. You know, when it comes to this time of year, the various states here in the Northwest, all their legislatures are in session. Bills are being rolled out. Some of them pass. Some of them don't. Some of them are good for us as anglers and hunters. Some of them are not. And that includes the state of Montana. That's why we've got Travis Hall on the line. He is an associate editor for Field and Stream. He lives in the great state of Montana. He's been following some concerning bills that are being introduced in the Treasure State. Travis, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thanks for having me today. Let's talk about two bills. One of them has to do with elk hunting. And if you're a non-resident, it's not a very good deal. Why don't you explain to our listeners what this bill is all about? Yes, sir. So HB 635 is the bill that I think you're referencing. This bill essentially sets aside 15% of all non-resident elk and deer tags and allocates those to non-resident landowners in the state of Montana that own 2,500 acres or more of contiguous land. So that's the tra- it's slashing 15% of the overall non-resident tags and it would award those or guarantee those to these large out-of-state landowners. 
So the Ted Turners of the world would have all sorts of uh, opportunities to hunt elk, but other non-residents, not so much. Who the heck introduces Bill and why? Well, I don't have the sponsor's name in front of me, to be honest. And that's, you know, it's a good question what the motivation behind the bill is. And that's not something that I can necessarily speak to. I just don't know. That would just be speculative. But it attempts to guarantee those tags to the large non-resident landowners. And, you know, those are the people that I would say are supporting it largely. Uh, You know... Rich people, they kind of get under your skin sometimes if you're just an average blue-collar guy like you and I are. So what are the chances of this bill passing? The bill has seen its first hearing in the, in the House, I believe, and I think it passed that first hearing. So it seems like it has a fair amount of support. There's a decent chance it would pass, but there's also a lot of opposition from, like you mentioned, blue-collar everyday hunters and anglers who don't like what this bill would do. So I'd say it has some support. It has some opposition where it goes is anybody's guess at this point. And there's another bill that has to do with stream access, which seems to be a constant issue in Montana as to how the public can access streams. Yeah, the bill has actually been voted down now, thankfully. Public streams in Montana, which Montana has one of the best stream access laws in the country, as long as you hunters and anglers remain below the ordinary high water mark, we pretty much have access to any navigable stream in the state. People cherish those laws, and this bill would have threatened that access by restricting some public easements. Uh, Luckily, you know, after there was a large public land rally in Helena at the end of February, this bill was discussed. A lot of noise was made. Hunters and anglers kind of rose up emailed state senators in droves, and this thing got shot down during its second reading in the Senate. Are there any other bills that we ought to be aware of that in Montana that are affecting either Montana residents or non-residents when it comes to fishing and hunting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, are, there are a whole slew of bills in the 68th legislature. It's about halfway through right now. But definitely one of the more concerning ones is HB 462, and this is a bill that would siphon away money from one of our seminal conservation programs here. It's called Habitat Montana. And it's a program that was set aside to acquire land and also secure conservation easement. And back in 2020, when uh, voters in Montana voted to legalize recreational marijuana, they decided that 50% of those, the tax revenue that comes from the sale of that marijuana should be set aside for conservation. And you know, that, that kind of got whittled down in some previous legislatures, and we ended up with 20% of that marijuana tax revenue going into this Habitat Montana fund. Still a very substantial amount of money. I think it amounted to, you know, it, it'll amount to close to $50 million in 2024 alone. But this bill, HB 462, would zero out those funds, completely siphon them out of Habitat Montana, and direct them to law enforcement and prison system, I believe. So hunters and anglers are up in arms about this one because it would essentially defund our, our critical Habitat Montana conservation program at a time when we, we really need it most because more people are moving to Montana now than ever before. So the organized opposition, is this primarily from backcountry hunters and anglers or other groups? Backcountry hunters and anglers is at the forefront of the opposition to this one. There, there are a lot of other local groups that oppose 
these bills as well, um, particularly 462. You have a whole lot of local rod and gun clubs. Montana Wildlife Federation has been very outspoken against this bill. But yeah, I'd say those are two of the groups that are at the forefront of the opposition. All right. Well, if you are listening today from our stations in Great Falls or Missoula or Shelby or Plentywood, get on the phone or shoot an email to your state senator or state representative and tell them that you don't support any of these bills at all because they are not going to be good for hunters or anglers. And if you're from out of state, you know, you're probably not going to get too much of a a shake from the state representatives or senators because you don't vote for them. But you can join groups like the Montana Wildlife Federation and Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and have your voice heard that way. So that's a way to get in the fight here and maybe make sure these bills don't pass and become laws that are going to affect your hunting and fishing opportunities in Montana. Travis, thanks for giving us the, the lay of the land when it comes to the legislature this year for hunters and anglers. Yeah, John, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And if your listeners want to learn more about these bills, we do have an article up and running on Field and Stream right now that, that kind of outlines and goes into a little more depth than I just went into. Fantastic. And the website for that, folks, very simple, fieldandstream.com. Fieldandstream.com is the website. Just look for the article by Travis Hall. And again, get informed and get involved. Thanks again, Travis. Thanks, John. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at Cena Sea Seafood, the family-run company that catches wild Alaskan seafood. We're talking salmon, we're talking halibut, we're talking lingcod, sablefish, and more. They handle it carefully, deliver it right to your doorstep. And I've gotten questions about why Copper River sockeye are so treasured and often considered the best-tasting salmon in the world. Well, uh, the folks at CNC, they wrote a little blog about that. And first off, they would point out that the Copper River sockeye is the first wild commercially fished salmon to spawn in the spring. As the weather turns to spring, we tend to be hungry for fresh produce and fresh wild fish. And at least in the Wheeler's house, who owns Cena Sea, that means Copper River Sockeye Salmon. You're probably aware that Alaska Airlines for years would deliver the first Copper River Sockeye Salmon to Seattle, flying it down on their, one of their planes that was painted just like a salmon. Number two, Omega-3s. The Copper River is long, cold, and powerful. And the salmon that swim up this river have to have huge reserves of built-up fat for fuel and insulation. The extra-high omega-3 fat content gives the sockeye salmon its rich, moist, and delicious flavor, as well as outstanding health benefits. Finally, I want to mention the handling of these fish again. Because Copper River fishermen truly believe that their fish are special and the very best, they treat them that way with the respect they deserve. The Copper River fishery is slower paced than the other salmon fisheries that occur later in the season, and this gives anglers more time to handle the fish properly and cool them quickly. The wheelers at Cena Sea go one step further than this. They actually cut up the fish into meal-sized fillets and package them themselves. It's all part of what they do at Cena Sea Seafood. Order some premium wild-caught salmon today, and you definitely want to get some of that Copper River sockeye salmon, too. The website to go to is cenasea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, cenasea.com.
Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio and to an extended Max Minute, brought to you by Max Lure. Yes, it's time for another two-minute drill from Max Lure, and with us again is Bob Loomis. The topic today is walleye fishing, because I got out and caught a few last week, really enjoyed that. Bob, how are you? Doing good, John. So let's talk about how to catch these walleye in the early spring, so right now they're still in a winter mode. I was vertically jigging for them, had success that way. But as the water begins to warm, how do we target these fish in lakes and rivers? Well, you know, running bottom bouncers is a great way to find fish. And then, you know, you can go back and jig them like with a sonic bait fish. But I really like trolling with the bottom bouncers. And this time of the year, using a larger profile bait works very, very well because they're all on the feed bag because they're going in to spawn. So they're going to want something a little bit bigger and something like the Wally Pop, which is a larger profile, moves kind of like we're in the lakes. Do you put scent inside the tube? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what do you prefer? You know, there's so many different types of scents. Everybody's got their own little secrets here and there. You know, I use our scents, the uh, Nightcrawler scent, and I actually like using Bloody Tuna once in a while. Like Interesting. For salmon. Yeah. I mean, there's just, like I said, everybody's got a little bit different. And... It's not just that scent, you know, or trying to attract them with something that they know or smell. Having something a little bit different, I think, adds to that whole attraction. That's why I use something different. Last question, favorite color? Favorite color? Hmm, green. Your chartreuse colors, you know. Well, that makes sense with a lot of muddy water coming into the reservoirs, too. Yep. All right, with that, we're going to let you go. But, folks, check out the Wally Pop at maxlure.com or buy them at a quality sporting goods store near you. Walleye anglers all over the Northwest are raving about the new Smileblade Spindrift Walleye Lure made by Max Lure Company. Lance Murs is with us here to tell us more about it. This lure is fantastic. We've got the patented Smileblade. We've got a pill float that keeps it just off of the bottom where the fish like to bite. And that Spindrift hook is absolutely phenomenal. You can tip it with any kind of bait. Tip it with a crawler, tip it with a leech, whatever you tip it with, it's going to catch more fish. It's the Smileblade Spindrift Walleye Lure only from Max Lure Company. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. You'll find it all at Sportsman's Warehouse. Better still, the knowledgeable staff can help you with tips to help you bag a trophy or a limit. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. Come to Oregon's Wallowa County for outdoors adventure. Hike, ride, paddle, fish, or sightsee to your heart's content. And then visit one of our wonderful towns, whether it be Joseph with its beautiful bronze statues, our county seat in Enterprise, or one of our charming small towns like Wallowa, Imnaha, or Troy, where you can eat, shop, and sleep before continuing your adventure the next day. Plan your visit now at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. 
I'm gonna take you fishing, honey You're gonna love it Gonna get up before the sun Rise above us Got a bamboo pole and a leaky boat Next up on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got Captain Colin Nolan with us. He is the owner of Shamrock Fishing Company, LLC. He's based in northwest Montana, and yeah, he fishes for trout, but he fishes for more than that. Colin, welcome to the show. Hello, how's it going? It's going well. So you like to fish for trout on the Clark Fork River, and I've got to tell you, I went last fall. I did not do so very good. In two days of fishing, I got two strikes. I'm guessing the fishing's a little bit better with you as a guide. The Clark Fork is a very large river. It can be intimidating at times, but uh, yeah, they definitely you can use the same techniques, yet you have to change it up a little bit for the larger river. I don't want to talk too much about trout, but I guess I do want to talk a little bit about it. Are you primarily uh, fly fishing with your clients? Majority of what we do, yes, is fly fishing, but I also do offer light, light tackle trips, and we do quite a bit of that. I just don't do any bait, and uh, we focus on uh, all catch and release fishing. I think that's perfect, and, and that's the way it ought to be in most of Montana, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going to hack up a loogie and go, Pua, to the idea of bait, because I know there's lots of bait fishermen out there, but it just doesn't seem right on those beautiful Montana streams you have. Yeah, the it, bait is legal on most of the Clark Fork. A lot of people do it. I don't frown upon it. I just don't do it. All right. Well, maybe I'm letting my biases be known here. So for all of you listening out there, no, I'm not against bait fishing. I do bait fishing. It's just, to me, the idea of fishing a Montana trout stream and bait just don't go together. It's not a peanut butter jelly thing for me at all. <laughs> yeah, basically, hey, if you need to do it to catch a fish, do it. But hey, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Now, I really want to talk about the other fishing you offer because when people think Montana rivers, they always think trout. But you actually offer pike fishing and smallmouth bass fishing too. I'm not asking for the honey holes, but what rivers are you doing these on? So we target pike, bass, and smallmouth bass and largemouth bass on the Flathead River up uh, out the Big Fork area, Kalispell Zone. And we target those on the sloughs and the slower water of the lower Flathead, basically below Old Steel Bridge, and then all the way to the lake. And then we also fish the Clark Fork River from the Indian Reservation border on the Flathead River all the way to Confluence of the Clark Fork, and then all the way up to St. Regis, and all the way down to Thompson Falls. How is the bass and pike fishing on these streams? The bass fishing, the smallmouth bass fishing has really turned on in the past couple of years. The Clark Fork River has a large concentration of crawdads, which has actually, the smallmouth bass population has flourished, and there's some really nice fish out there. We're catching, you know, a lot of three-pounders. Occasionally, we've caught a couple of fish over four or five pounds. It's a lot of fun. and it's, Those are nice smallmouths. So we're not talking just 106-inch dinks here. You're talking about some decent-sized bass. Yes, there are many, many tiny little <laughs> Size fish in the river, but yes, there is also quite a few larger fish. They're getting bigger. I think that the current conditions and the trend in Montana with the warm, hot summers we're having, these fish aren't nearly as fragile and they deal a little bit better with the warm water conditions and you don't feel as bad targeting them in the dog's days of summer. And I really frown upon people fishing for trout when the water temperature is warm or anywhere close to any type of uh, hoot owl restriction. I won't even go for the trout we'll just basically go out and try to target these bass oh, i think that's a great idea i mean i've been that guy who inadvertently killed a trout i mean i literally played it for like two minutes and oh. it wasn't a hoot owl restriction day but it was right close to it and it was dead 
I mean, I let it go and it just floated away and yeah. there's nothing I can do to revive it. So you're right about that. I think bass is a great species to target. They aren't as fragile. They will bite in that warmer water, especially the largemouth bass. Now, where are you targeting these and what kind of size are we talking about? The largemouth bass, we primarily target those. We don't find those in the Clark Fork. We find them in the Clark Fork below the dam in Thompson Falls and the Knoxon Reservoir. There's quite a good population of them there. We'll target them there. But also in the lower sloughs of the Flathead, there are quite a quite a good population of largemouth bass in those sloughs and slower waterways as well. Any size to those largemouth? Yes, there are some rather large ones. The state record actually, I believe, comes out of many lakes and that's in the Flathead Valley. And there's also been quite a few, you know, seven pound bass that have been caught in the sloughs and river. I actually have never caught one that large, but they do exist in the river system up there in the Flathead. The largies do. And then there's actually some largemouth bass tournaments that take place on the Knoxon Reservoir. And those guys do catch some very large fish. You're listening to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. We are talking to Captain Colin Nolan, the owner of Shamrock Fishing, about fishing northwest Montana for trout, for bass, and for another species, northern pike. Now, we just had a guest on the show a couple weeks ago from Washington State where they are actively trying to eradicate every pike they find. But in Montana, there's more of a live and let live proposition, and, and people really like going fishing for pike. Yes, they do. Um, Washington and Idaho both put bounties on uh, those fish, and they're really trying to eradicate those species. Northern pike is not native to the western watershed in Montana, but there is quite a few of them. And unfortunately, I don't think they're going anywhere. They have limits on them, although they're pretty lenient. I think it's 15 fish a day on the flathead. I think it's 15. Don't quote me on that, but it's a pretty large bag. People can keep them. But I practice all catch and release fishing. I really think that, yes, they are predatorial fish. They do eat trout and whatnot, but, you know, they've worked their way into the ecosystem, and I I don't think they're going to go anywhere anytime too soon. I understand. Now, one thing I like about you, uh, we were talking about this before we went on the microphone here, is that you don't just offer a guided trip where a person has a good time and thanks so much, we'll see you next year. You actually offer instruction on the water, too. So you're teaching people how to fish for pike and fish for bass. Yes, I I actually really enjoy uh, sharing the sport of fishing with people. I'm not about going out there to chase a trophy. You know, I mean, we can go out and do that if that's what you want to do. But, you know, for me, my goal is to introduce the sport of fishing, fly fishing and or just tackle fishing. I believe that the more people that we have, you know, learning how to fish, doing that, it's it's good. You can teach somebody about nature. You can show them the waterway. And those are things that they'll take home with them, understand, you know, clean water and, you know, everything has its place in the ecosystem. And if you can teach somebody how to go do this, you know, more people to spend outside. I really think it's important for more people to get off your butt and get outside, you know, and if I can help a couple people doing that and teach them how to do something on their own, it's just all better for everybody. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I guess I should ask, when it comes to the bass fishing, when it comes to the pike fishing, are you doing these with a fly rod or are you doing these with conventional gear? I will do either or. I primarily run, most of my trips are fly fishing, but, uh, you know, if people can't put it together, we'll grab the spin rods and we'll go after them with that. Also, I do have some people that are just, you know, they don't want to fly fish. And, you know, especially with the bass guys, they're pretty techy with their gear and, you know, they're very proficient with, you know, their bait casters and whatnot. And I have no problem taking people out and doing that with them as well. 
All right. But I have to admit, I would love to go fly fishing for northern pike. I'm guessing you're using these huge rabbit hair streamers. Yes, we do use some rather large. Sometimes we can, you can incite the bite, you know, and you put something out there that's big and flashy and those, those fish, they can't resist it. Fly fishing for pike is very visual. You know, you'll see these fish in the shallows and you can, you can sight fish them, target fish them. And a lot of times, you know, the strike will happen within distance of the boat where you can see it and they'll just come up and grab it and it's very exciting. And then they take off and it's off to the races. Oh my gosh, you got me excited just <laughs> describing that. I want to go fish for them. All right, folks. Well, if you want to do the same, the website to go to is shamrockfishingcompany.com. That's shamrockfishingcompany.com. That's the website for Shamrock Fishing, and you can get a hold of Captain Colin Nolan, and he will take you out for trout, for bass, or for northern pike. And you can do it with a fly rod, you can do it with a spin rod, but either way, you're going to have fun, you're going to learn something too, and you're going to have a great time in northwest Montana. Colin, thanks so much for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. Good talking to you. Got a bamboo pole and a leaky boat It ain't much, but if you bail, it'll float I'm gonna take you fishing, honey You're gonna love it Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com, and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got audio for you from the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show in Portland. And usually when I come here every year, I'll interview Sean Steen with Steen's Wilderness Adventures. Well, Sean's here, but he just sold the business, and he's in the middle of a transition with the new owner, Jacob Spar, who's also changing the name to Sour Apple Outfitters. Jacob, congratulations. Thank you very much. So i got to ask. The name. I like it, but why Sour Apple Outfitters? Are you a person that life defines you by sour apples? No, there's Sour Apple is actually our base camp in the Snake River. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Otherwise, people would think that you just gripe a lot. We don't want that. So that makes a lot of sense. And I actually really like the name and I like the logo a lot. How did this come to be that you bought this business from the Steens? You know, I've watched it a long time. My wife and the Steens were family friends. So it kind of came about that we asked, and they felt it was time that they could hand it over. Well, especially with Sean having a, a completely 
torn up shoulder. It's probably a very good time for him to do this. So let's talk about your offerings. Don't really want to get into the summer pack trips. I really want to focus on the hunting trips because you are hunting in Hell's Canyon and the Eagle Cap Wilderness, aren't you? Correct. We are in the Snake River and in the Amnaha units. Okay, well, let's break down the hunts. The first one is a spring bear hunt. So good news, this is a really easy tag to get. Bad news, the application period ended on February 10th. So you're going to be booking for next year, 2024. But how do these hunts work? And I got to say the, you know, the drop camp's 1,200, the supply camp, 1,500. Uh, that's fully guided, all inclusive. That's, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, so it kind of depends on there's only so many campsites available, so it's kind of on a first-come, first-served basis. And that's just because of the snow? And the amount of help and the amount of animals and the area. We don't want to crowd too many people in one spot. What's the, the normal success ratio when it comes to, to bear hunting? Depends on how hard you hunt to hunt. <laughs> it's actually very good in the Snake River. All right, that's good to hear. Okay, let's talk about deer season. You have both uh, deer archery and deer rifle. You have drop camps and supplied camps. Why don't you explain the difference? Yeah, so a drop camp, you would bring your own tent, stove, supplies. We'll just provide you with a horse to ride in, and we pack your gear and drop you off, and we come get you and your game at the end. And on a supplied camp, we will set up the tent, our own tent, with propane, cook stove, wood stove, cots, tables, and we basically just pack you in and drop you off with your personal gear, your food, and your cooking supplies. Oh, that sounds pretty nice to me. Now, do you also offer guided trips or even trips where a wrangler's involved or not? It depends on availability. We will possibly in for a goat hunt or sheep hunt when the time comes. And the goat and sheep hunts, hard tags to draw, definitely call for pricing on those. It's a little bit different than the deer rifle and deer archery, which run under $2,500. Let's talk about where you're hunting for those deer and what kind they are. Sure. So primarily in the Snake River for mule deer, uh, we can hunt low elevation ground, and then we can also hunt off the top. It kind of depends on what you prefer. Is the Snake River known for trophy mule deer or quality mule deer or just mule deer? A little bit of both. Yeah, there's some great bucks that come out of the Snake River. Now, do you also hunt the Amnaha? Yes. And is that for deer as well? Yes, correct. And tell me about hunting the Amnaha, how that differs, besides obviously a different river drainage. I would say in the Snake River, you're looking at a lot of open country, the high eagle cap in the Amnaha. So it's it's slightly different, more timbered, of course. Gotcha. And I guess I should ask, how hard is it to draw a deer tag? Fairly easy in both units for a resident. All right. Last but not least, we got to talk about elk because there are some nice elk in Northeast Oregon. You've got both elk archery, elk rifle first season and second season. This is probably a little bit tougher to draw a tag for, isn't it? Yes. So archery is fairly easy to draw yet. Our second season Snake River elk tag is, is our trophy of hunts for us. So that's the hard one to draw. And this year we're looking at about eight points. Oh, wow. Okay, that is kind of tough. Do you always recommend that people get the tag first and then contact you? Nope. We're Right now we're booked out about two years, so it's best to get on the books with us and then draw your tag. All right. That makes perfect sense. Another question a lot of people, I'm sure, ask, do you have to have riding experience to go in on these pack trips? It's great if you do, but it's not necessary. 
that's been my experience as well, folks, is that uh, all these professional outfitters tend to find these very bomb-proof, gentle horses that'll take care of you just fine. So don't be intimidated. And again, the great thing about going in with a pack string is you can haul all sorts of stuff with you, and you can get back there a lot further than somebody can on foot. Yes. Within reason, we you know, there's still weight restrictions and limits and things that you can and can't pack, but... It gives you a lot of options. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be a heck of a lot more than you're going to pack with your backpack. That's for sure. So, again, folks, if you want to book a trip with Sour Apple Outfitters, their website is very simple. It's SourAppleOutfitters.com. That's SourAppleOutfitters.com. Offering pack-in elk trips, deer trips, spring bear trips, and sheep and goat trips in northeast Oregon. Again, the website SourAppleOutfitters.com. Give Jacob a call and get on the list and go hunting. Thanks so much, Jacob. Congratulations again. Thank you. Appreciate it. Next up on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we're checking in with Cindy Carpenter, the co-founder of Youth Outdoors Unlimited, an organization that takes kids with physical disabilities and terminal illnesses out for hunting and fishing trips they couldn't do otherwise. Cindy, welcome to the show. Nice to see you, John. You know, you've done so much great work over the years since we met. It's been, I think, almost 10 years now. 13. 13 years. That's absolutely amazing. And you find a lot of your kids at the sportsman shows. Tell me about the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show in Portland. Did you find anyone there to participate in any of your hunts or trips? We did. We found a couple of kids here we're pretty excited about. And so we're just passing along our information and hoping that the families will get back to us. One of them, for sure, we're going to book a hunt with this year. So that's really our purpose to be here and just to meet people and talk about our fundraisers. And these trips, they're all free. It doesn't cost the the guardian or the kid a thing to participate in these. And that's a really big deal because sometimes you're setting them up with guides. Other times you're setting them up with private land that people would pay a lot of money to hunt. So you've got to raise money for this. And you do so through auctions. What are the auctions you have every year? So we have our Moses Lake auction is March 4th and it is sold out. We're super excited about that. We have an auction on March 25th in the Clarkston area. So for our Lewis and Clarkston families, our next auction will be in Spokane on April 8th. That's one that we're returning to Spokane this year. And then our Olympia Western Washington auction is April 22nd. And then our last final banquet of the year will be on May 20th in Pasco. How much do tickets cost to attend these auctions? Tickets are $70 for an individual ticket. We do have a couple table prices. There's a table of eight for 700 and a premium corporate table for 1200 And that comes with extra advertising and upfront seating. And that information is also on our website or people can contact me. So those corporate sponsors that buy those tables and fill those, that really helps fund kids' trips. Sure. And of course, some of the money is going towards catered dinners at all these auctions, right? Correct. So we do do heavy appetizers, and so that helps people to be able to mingle and move around. We don't really make money on the on the ticket cost by the time you pay for a banquet. Sure, I understand that. So you're making your money on the auction. So you need two things. You need people to come and bid on the auction items. Some of these things are trips. Some of these things are items. And when it comes to both of these things, whether it be like a bow and arrow or a shotgun or anything else out there that the outdoorsman or outdoorswoman might want to have, you need donations too, don't you? Correct. And we love the custom-made stuff, you know, whether it's woodworking or, you know, metal art and those kind of things. So we've been really blessed to have really a great support there. We do have a lot of firearms at our banquet, and those guns we do 
buy, but we get them covered through sponsorship. So if somebody doesn't can't attend the banquet, but they would still like to sponsor, they could sponsor a firearm raffle, and then that would give them advertising as well. So, Well, there you go, folks. This is a great organization to support. They've been doing great things for kids with serious physical disabilities and illnesses for 13 years now. We want to keep this going. You've been watching us for those 13 years. Yes, I have. I have. And again, I am impressed. So folks, let's help out Youth Outdoors Unlimited, either through a sponsorship or from a donation or just attend the auction and spend some money. What's the website folks should go to to register? Go to Youth Outdoors and the letter U.org and then go to our events page. And from there, you can see the city that you're interested in and then the event information on that all right step one youth outdoors you the letter u dot org that's youth outdoors you dot org look for an event near you make plans to attend or make plans to donate or make plans to sponsor and help these kids get out in the field for the trip of a lifetime and also john if you know a kid have them get a hold of us and you know we have room for them this year and whether it's a hunting trip or a fishing trip you know without the kids we don't need the money but without the money we can't help the kids so there you go it goes hand in hand the website again youthoutdoorsu.org cindy thanks for the great work you and all of your staff do oh thanks so much john good to see you Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sina Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 150 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a classic look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter with the gear you need for fishing, hunting, camping, paddling, cooking, and just about anything else you can do in the woods or in the water. With over 125 stores across America, there is bound to be a Sportsman's Warehouse near you with not only the gear you need, but also the experts to help you get the most out of the product you purchase. Head down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. That's sportsmans.com. Before we go today, we've got time for one last shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with your host, John Cruz. I'm glad you're back. You know, when we talk about Sportsman's Warehouse, I spend a lot of time talking about the fishing tackle that they have, the rods, the reels, the lures, and all the accessories. I spend a lot of time talking about the great inventory of ammunition they have in stock, and I spend a fair amount of time talking about the hunting and hiking gear they have too, along with the firearms. But I don't give enough credence to the optics bar that they have at every Sportsman's Warehouse store. They've got a little 
bar, so to speak, that is full of the optics you need to be successful in the field or enjoy time in the field. We're talking everything from rifle scopes and spotting scopes to binoculars that you can have on the boat or in the car or around you for a hike while you're doing a little bit of bird or wildlife watching. And speaking of optics, it's now time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And it's about one of the best optics makers out there. That would be Loophold and Stevens. In case you didn't know, their headquarters are right here in the Pacific Northwest. And that is your question of the week. Where is Loophold and Stevens headquartered? If you know the answer, you know what to do. You can shoot us an email through our website at northwesternoutdoors.com and let us know the answer that way. Or go to our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Follow the page if you haven't already. Then go to the post thread and let us know. Where is Loophold and Stevens, a great optics company, located here in the Pacific Northwest? One lucky person who guesses right wins that $25 gift card we give away every week from America's premier outfitter. On that note, we have got to go. But I am planning a few fishing trips, and I will tell you how they go when I get back. Until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors.